Peaches, Apples, and Other Forbidden Fruit. Written and read by Jam Girl. Chapter 7 Playing with Fire. Gary had been right about B and Gabriella having different visions for the sorority. Gabriella was a strict rule follower, while B thought the rules were more bendable. The FAMU wasn't the most popular sorority, and B thought it needed to improve its image to attract more membership and remain competitive with the other sororities. Guided by this goal, she ended up working with a leader of a fraternity to set up an unsanctioned mixer. The mixer would ensure that the fraternity in question would work with FAMU on homecoming events in the fall, and having an established relationship with a popular fraternity would be sure to draw lots of girls to pledge. Not everyone in the sorority knew about the mixer, it was the kind of thing that could easily get the sorority into trouble. Serving alcohol without reporting it, using event funds for something not approved by the school or Panhellenic Council. Zira only knew about it thanks to her connection with Crowley. She didn't dare breathe a word of it. It wasn't exactly a secret that Michaela hated Crowley and resented Zira's relationship with her. There was no way Zira would give her cannon fodder. Zira didn't approve of it either, but Crowley supported B, and Zira didn't want to fight with Crowley. She wouldn't fight, but she also would not be in attendance. She already wasn't a fan of parties, and she wasn't about to break a hundred rules to be at one. Zira wished she had fought with Crowley, because then at least maybe they would still be sisters. Because the semester was nearly over, finals were just around the corner, and B's party got busted. It was bad. The sorority got into massive trouble, and it felt like the whole campus knew about it. All of a sudden, the sorority's entire standing was up in the air, as if finals weren't stressful enough. Gabriella fought tooth and nail to keep the chapter from being de-chartered as a result. She had to work with the university and the Panhellenic Council and the National Sorority to clean up the mess by ensuring that the actions of a few rogue members were not representative of the chapter as a whole. Finally, finally, after days of hair pulling, the university, the Panhellenic Council, and the National Sorority all came together on an agreement on how to deal with the Gamma Mu chapter of Fa Mu. The chapter could remain intact as long as all offending members involved in the unsanctioned event were involuntarily deactivated. Involuntary deactivation was the Greek laugh term for getting kicked out. 
it was an easy decision. And Gabriella, as president, had the final say. Each of the sisters in attendance of the party would undergo a disciplinary hearing. And if the Greek Life Disciplinary Council, made up of faculty members and students, found a member to be guilty of involvement in or knowledge of the rule breaking, that member would be involuntarily deactivated and no longer permitted to rejoin campus Greek life. Zira, not having been in attendance, didn't get trad. B, Crowley, Crowley's friend and hallmate Dagan, and several other sisters involved in the party, on the other hand, had their memberships terminated. Gabriella was applauded for saving the chapter. Michaela and company basked in their own self-righteousness and reminded Zira why she really shouldn't have ever been friends with Crowley. Zira, she was shocked and angry and sad. Crowley had helped nearly cost all of them their haven of sisterhood. Zira had nearly let it happen. She'd known about the rule breaking and she'd done nothing. And she was lucky, so lucky that she hadn't lost her own spot. Zira found herself fighting competing loyalties and she didn't know what to do. Sit quiet and avoid further trouble? Lose contact with the best friend she had ever had? Or stay friends with Crowley and forsake her sorority? She couldn't possibly maintain her friendship with Crowley while remaining a part of Fan Yu. She couldn't possibly have her cake and eat it too. Zira was in her backyard in Georgia, the sun warming her skin pleasantly, its light glinting off of her mama's yellow tulips. She was sitting in the grass, which was soft and plush beneath her. Oh, how she had missed Georgia. How she had missed the hot Georgia sun and the pale blue sky overhead with scarcely a cloud. Being in Georgia, being in that yard, the breeze lightly tickling her, watching that same breeze ruffle the flowers and grass, it felt ethereal. She thought she could have enjoyed the sky and the sun and the breeze forever, but she suddenly became thirsty. But it was Georgia, and everything she could ever need was there, in that back garden. The peach tree she had planted with her daddy as a little girl stood large and majestic beyond the tulips and the rose bushes and the stone bird bath. It had been ages since she had eaten its fruit. What better way could there be to quench her thirst than a sweet, supple peach 
from her own backyard. She stood and crossed the grass, her bare feet peeling as though they were walking on a soft bed of raw Georgia cotton. As she approached the tree, she could see the rays of sunlight shimmering through the branches like they were beams from heaven. How beautiful and utterly perfect. She reached for a fruit, fingers wrapping around it and tugging gently, releasing it from the tree. She brought it to her mouth and bit, craving its sweet taste, the feeling of peach fuzz on her tongue and sticky juice dribbling down her chin. Her bite gave a surprising crunch. The fruit didn't have the give she was used to. Was it not ripe? The skin was too smooth. The fruit wasn't juicy. She looked at the fruit in her hand, with the chunk missing from her bite. It was an apple. How very strange. Something hard hit her head and she looked up. The tree was full of apples. They were falling. Hundreds of apples falling, the branches blowing wildly in the wind, leaves rustling, apples piling around her. It was as if a storm had suddenly begun to pass through, and the apples stood no chance. There was an apple cocoon forming around her, and she began to panic, but she couldn't move. There were walls of apples surrounding her, suffocating her, a tower of apples in which she would be trapped forever, like Rapunzel, but with no hope for escape. She was losing sight of the sun. Zira's eyes opened with a start. They saw only darkness. It was the middle of the night, and Zira's roommate was snoring in the bunk above her. Zira had no idea what her dream meant, or if it meant anything. But somehow, she knew it had to do with Crowley. Was it a warning? An omen? Was she losing her mind because her friendship with Crowley felt more important than anything her sorority sisters could say against it? Because her need to spend time with Crowley sometimes threatened to overtake her? Was she losing her mind because her entire social life revolved around FAMU, and it still felt like this exceedingly important thing in her life, and she couldn't imagine giving it up? Because she hadn't ever actually been considering it? She loved her sorority. And she was sick and tired of warnings about Crowley. 
She was sick and tired of people telling her to cut off her friendship, to choose one over the other. So what if Crowley had broken a few rules? So what if she wasn't a sister anymore? Michaela and them weren't the only ones with opinions anyways. Zira had her big, her sort of mentor in the sorority, and she wasn't one to get into drama, thank God. Frances wasn't around as much as Zira liked. She had to be in around a hundred campus clubs. But when they did get together for coffee and scones every now and then, she had a way of putting Zira's mind at ease. The wisdom of a senior was probably what she needed at this moment. Francis hadn't given Zira any advice on this particular situation. When was the last time they had even talked? But Zira thought she might just encourage her to follow her heart or something. Ultimately unhelpful, but nice all the same. That was the thing Zira didn't want to give up. She wanted what she had with Francis, and she wanted that with someone else, too. She wanted to be someone's mentor and to wrap someone up in an embrace of welcome and warmth. She wanted sisterhood. And she wanted her best friend. Zira wouldn't give up her sorority. But she also wouldn't let it determine who she could and couldn't be friends with. She was done with playing it meek and safe. So, despite pressure from her sisters, and despite the negative influence Crowley may have very well had on her, she wouldn't consider for even a moment further giving up her friendship. She could be a good sister and a good member of the sorority, and have her outside friends. She could get a little and be a sorority leader if she wanted, and there was nothing Michaela or anyone else could say or do to keep her from doing both. She could have her cake and eat it too. Who came up with that saying anyways? There was plenty of cake to go around. That was it. She was done thinking about it. Her decision made, Zira's mind could be at ease. Finding one of the many stuffed animals piled around her to hug to her chest, she drifted back to sleep. March 2012, sophomore year, Fam House, Western Carolina University. Well, a planner is a girl's best friend, Azira said from her desk, where she was color-coding and marking out a schedule for herself. She had to keep on top of all the essays she had to write for all her English and literature courses, and she took that kind of thing very seriously. Crowley had been teasing her, but Zira had a way of doing things, and she would stick with it. No, Crowley said from her spot lounging on Michaela's round lime green dorm chair that lived between Michaela's desk and bed. A vibrator is a girl's best friend. 
Of course, Crowley would say something like that. Zira turned in her desk chair to give Crowley a glare and pointedly didn't say anything. Crowley returned Zira's glare with a stoic gaze and a raised eyebrow, challenging her. Zira couldn't continue looking into Crowley's piercing eyes, so she focused on the stress ball Crowley was tossing into the air and catching. Michaela would kill Zira if she knew she was letting Crowley touch her stuff. You have a vibrator, don't you? Crowley asked. Zira's eyes darted to Crowley's face. Well, ah, uh, I mean, Zira stuttered. No way. Zira clamped her mouth shut. She couldn't take this. Not from Crowley. You've had tongue action, though, right? You must have boys falling at your feet. Zira felt her face getting hotter and hotter. She had to be tomato red. Wait, have you done anything? Zira turned away, busying herself with tidying her desk so that she didn't have to look at Crowley's face. She really had none, much of anything at all. Nothing Crowley didn't know about. But she wouldn't let Crowley know that. Nothing below the waist, no, she said, straightening her stacks of sweetly patterned post-it notes. She had let Johnny from high school get to second base once, but it hadn't been anything special. Why not? Crowley asked like it was the most ridiculous thing she had ever heard in her life. Because, Zira said, turning to Crowley again, her shame manifesting itself as anger. I, unlike you, have a sense of propriety and common decency. Who cares about propriety and decency? This is about pleasure. Are you telling me you haven't tried anything? Not even with your fingers? Zira felt like she was going to explode from embarrassment. She dropped the desk tidying routine and threw herself onto her bed, burying her face in her pillow. That I have done, Zira mumbled into her pillow. Any luck? No, Zira responded, throwing a pillow at Crowley, who yelped. I always get frustrated. Crowley apparently recovered from the shock of the throne pillow quickly and responded coolly. That's because you don't have a vibrator. Zira buried her face in her pillow again and groaned. It's okay, Crowley assured. Crowley must have left the chair and crossed the room because Zira felt her climbing onto the bed with her. She lay next to Zira, between her and the wall, smoothing a hand over her back. That's an easy fix, she said gently. We'll get you one. I know which ones are good. Zira shifted to lay on her side and face Crowley, arms still clutching the pillow. Crowley's face was mere inches from her own face 
which she knew was contorted into a pout. She could feel Crowley's warmth in her breathing, and there were little tendrils of hair suspended between them, blonde and red tangling with static electricity. Crowley was looking at Zira with raised eyebrows in a way that said, I'm teasing a little, but I'm also being very genuine. Zira felt herself smiling. There was, honest to God, no one else in this world Zira could talk to about this kind of thing. Thanks, Zira said. Crowley shrugged playfully. What are friends for, if not to make sure their friends are having orgasms? A quiet but steady laugh burst out of Zira's mouth, and she had to close her eyes and flip to her back. Crowley's laugh joined her, and they laughed until they couldn't laugh anymore. And they both became quiet, looking at the textured ceiling. How did you know? Zira asked, after they had been laying quietly for some time. How did I know what? That you wanted to stay with B. I mean, you've been together a while now. It'll be a year soon. Oh, Crowley responded, sounding surprised by the question. I don't know that I knew anything. I think I just got tired of the chase, you know? I don't know, Crowley. I've never chased anyone. Well, I was bouncing around a lot, you know. It's nice to just stick with one person, I think. You don't have to play games. So, you know, B and I have fun together. And the sex is good. And that's about all you need, right? That doesn't sound very romantic, Sarah said, tapping Crowley's soft foot with her own. I don't know if real life is all that romantic. Hmm, Zira said thoughtfully. Maybe you're right, she continued feeling her and Crowley's feet touching. Crowley locked her heel over Zira's ankle so that their legs were just a little tangled. Still, Zira continued, she's lucky to have you. They. What? They. B is non-binary. Oh, Zira said, furrowing her brows. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it's funny. In a way, getting kicked out of the sorority was the best thing for them. Made it easier for them to come out and live authentically, you know? Zira thought it did make a lot of sense, actually. She didn't really understand the whole non-binary thing, but, well... That didn't really matter, did it? How about you? Zira asked, 
wiggling the foot hooked to Crowley's and turning her head to look at her. What about me? Was getting kicked out or, well, was leaving the sorority the best thing for you? Crowley shrugged. I mean, I don't mind that much, in all honesty. I don't know if a sorority was the right place for me. I don't think I was doing the whole sorority thing right anyways. At least, not according to you. Zira bit her lip. I was mean, wasn't I? Nah, I think you were honest. I'm sorry it happened. You getting kicked out, I mean. Zira kept watching Crowley, who continued to look at the ceiling. She seemed calm and collected. Nonchalant. It doesn't matter, Crowley said. I don't have any use for it anymore. I joined a sorority to meet people. And I did. I met all the people I needed to meet. Black B? B? Crowley confirmed with a firm nod. And you? She added, digging a sharp elbow into Zira's side. Hey, Sira said, laughing and pulling away. She flipped to her side and looked fully at Crowley, who was wearing a big, teasing smile, her eyes sparkling a little as they looked at each other. It was so nice spending time with Crowley. She was Zira's absolute best friend, and Zira didn't think she would ever find anyone better. They didn't spend nearly enough time together, which was a shame. But it meant these times were all the more special. She felt herself fill up with happiness and contentment, like a balloon filling with air, as she gazed at Crowley. She wanted to remain in this little bubble with her forever. Do you want to spend the night? Zira asked. Crowley raised an eyebrow, but she was smiling like Zira was offering to break a rule. Michaela won't mind? She can get over it, Zira said defiantly. But then Crowley's smile faded into something close to a frown. I don't think B would like it. Zira felt herself deflate, that happiness and contentment sipping out of her. Oh, right. Yeah, I understand. I'm sorry. Don't be, Zira said. You'll be there for my birthday, right? Her birthday was over a week away. She would probably see Crowley again before then, but... She could never be sure. She had B, after all. I wouldn't miss it, Crowley said. Zira knew she shouldn't have been jealous of B. 
it was great that Crowley had a long-term relationship that she seemed happy in. It was just that sometimes Zero wished she could have Crowley to herself. Of course, that was life, wasn't it? One day, Zero would have someone too, and they would have even less time for each other. One day, they would both be getting married, and things would really be different then. Zira knew she was going to get married one day. And she knew Crowley would be there too, standing by her side. Crowley would be Zira's maid of honor, she was certain. And Zira hoped she would be Crowley's. And she wanted that one day. She did. But that was probably a long way away. For now, Zira only cared about spending time with her friend. But Crowley was happy, and Zira was just glad she got the time she did with her. She really was such a good friend. When Zira got home from classes on her birthday, there was a gift bag from Crowley resting on her bed. Someone had let Crowley into the sorority house and then into Zira's room? Michaela must not have been home. It must have been a younger sister. She would have to ask her a little about it later. It had to have been Eva who had let Crowley in. She spent so much of her free time in the house to avoid her two roommates. Goodness, one random roommate was hard enough freshman year, the poor thing. And she had immediately taken a liking to Crowley upon meeting her. God bless Eva and the sweet girls in her pledge class. Zira removed the tissue paper from the gift bag to find a Cosmo magazine, a small bottle of personal lubricant, and a black box. The box was a little larger than the one her iPod Classic had come in, and it had the red Adam and Eve logo. There was a note in the bag, too. Scrawled in Crowley's messy handwriting and riddled with spelling mistakes, was the following on a small scrap of notebook paper. Doctor's orders. One orgasm per day. Enclosed, prescribed medical device. Directions, apply prescribed device externally via vibration. Most effective when taken with Cosmo Smut excerpt or other dirty lint. Prescript may be substituted by mouth if you can find a worthy one, for oral stimulation. Zero laughed. He wondered how long Crowley had taken to come up with that. Crowley thought she was so clever. Zero supposed she agreed. Zero pulled out the black box and opened it. Inside was what looked like an adorable little pink toy bunny. It was made of silicone 
and it had a small knob on the back that Sierra guessed was a handle, a charging port on the bottom, an accompanying charger in the box, and a pamphlet that boasted seven different vibration settings. Zira smiled to herself. Good old Crowley.